Bonjour, madame and uh, monsieur. Today, we will be discussing steelizing. Ha ha! Joining me to talk about this game that was released in September of 2022, so fairly recent. We'll go over, like, spoiler policy if that bothers you. But it was developed by Spiders. Now, you may be wondering, what else has Spiders done? And then you remember they didn't do all of the Focus Home Interactive games that you think of. They're the other guys. Like the Greedfall guys, the Techomancer guys. Those guys. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got Greedfall. First of all, I'm Craig, I'm joining Dave, he forgot to introduce me. Um, I introduced you in the intro, you forgot to record. Yeah, I know, I'll cut it all out so that people... Oh, oh no, now, now everyone's going to know. Yeah, everyone's going to know. Anyway, yeah, Greedfall has been on my list for ages as one of those B-tier games that I kind of want to play. And I think you played, you played that and you were like, it wasn't the worst in the world. No, it's kind of like somebody had a fever dream after playing The Witcher and then just made it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how this is like if somebody had a friend describe to you what a Souls game was like and then they made it. That's a bit odd. Right, no, 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 no. Um, I, I've, I've had my eyeballs on these guys since uh, Of Orcs and Men was something that I enjoyed, but it pushed my enjoyment like to the limit. You know, it's one of those okay. games where you like it. But you're like, man, there are there are a lot of problems here. So, and and I would imagine uh, you played Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper, right? I actually did, but I only played it before we recorded this. This was ages ago now, obviously, because <laughs> it was one that I hadn't I hadn't seen. I don't know whether I just I, I downloaded it off of Steam, um, and I just must have missed it in the in the space like that's two thousand and nine. So the space of time where I was on console, probably just playing crap games at that point. Or Sherlock Holmes games on console. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that loving detective. We're here to talk about French people. And spiders, of course, being located in Paris, or uh, Paris, then who better to make a game about the French resistance besides people that were there at the time, and they're all dead. So... Craig, going into this, we both kind of saw the trailer and went, okay, I'll bite. Um, do you, what were your expectations going into this? Oh, I had high expectations. My expectations were, and take this as being excitable Craig before Christmas, uh, Bloodborne, but with robots and wigs. As opposed to Bloodborne, but with vampires and mustaches. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty much. It was pretty much. I I had really high hopes for it. I was really excited about it because after a, a run of Soulsy games, it was good that people were saying this is like back in line with Bloodborne, which I kind of like the sound of. I, I we will I'm sure debate whether that is a true statement or not. Oh, um, it's not. No, don't 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 <laughs> give it away. <laughs> 
Um, for me, this is kind of like I'm sitting in the exact same position I'm sitting in now for something like Lies of P, right? Where it's just like, I saw a trailer. I went, yeah, okay, I'll try it. And I just waited until we decided to do it for the show and picked it up and played it. I I didn't really have high hopes, um, mainly because I have played a lot of Bad Souls likes. Such as the ones I've, they made I've, before, Bound by Flame. And that game is awful. I've not. I think that's a key difference. I've not played a lot of Bad Souls likes. Um, Yeah, you're still in that, I just finished all the proper ones, and I'm still riding mm. that high, finding whatever fix I can yeah. find. <laughs> yeah. And every so often you find a game that scratches a particular itch, but nothing that scratches all of the itch at the same time. Yeah, it's like having a back scratcher with most of the fingers broken, but you get one good finger on there. Mm-hmm. I like a good finger. No, no, nope. no, no. All right, so, um, other than the set dressing, why don't we talk about what makes this game a little bit unique when compared to other Souls-likes? Um, but before we do, uh, this, of course, will be the mechanical... Mechanical? <laughs> the mechanical part of the episode. <laughs> mechanical? Anyway... <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So we will only have mechanical spoilers in this first bit. We will, of course, let you know uh, when we start talking about story spoilers. But to spoil the story spoilers, there ain't much of a story. Um, unless you are very much into the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like like you can guess the way it's going to go. Well, anyway. I, I would... I would beg to differ slightly because there isn't an, a lot of story in the same... Like, there's not a lot of lore behind it because it's real life, but there isn't a lot of story in the same way that if you don't look for Bloodborne story, there isn't a lot of story. No, but you know what Bloodborne does have? And it's it's a little unfair to compare, but Bloodborne mm-hmm. has hooks of like, wait, what's going on with this guy? That makes you this curious game, about the lore. This game hooked... I did all the side quests and everything. This game totally hooked me. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, well, we'll talk about it. So, yeah. uh, let, let's... I hope so, because we're a fucking podcast. <laughs> Actually, I was going to do an uh, interpretive dance on the subject. <laughs> I'll do the mime portion. <laughs> okay, so, uh, why don't you talk about, in your hands, what makes this feel different to Bloodborne, in including, like, pros and cons? Yeah, um, so, pros... I suppose to start with, feeling like Bloodborne, you've got quite a fast combat system, an overly generous parry system, um, and you've got, you know, a few classes, a few starting weapons. The way the maps are laid out is very Bloodborne. It's very architectural-driven, gated areas and it's not as cleverly designed as Bloodborne. It's like in some parts of Bloodborne you feel like you're in an, an MC Escher drawing and you're like, why are those stairs just there? I was what <laughs> you know, like it that doesn't quite happen here, but it it does have that that kind of pattern to it where you're in an area, you do a thing, you unlock another area, you're unlocking shortcuts to get through to different bonfires which in this case are weird telephone booths that pop out the ground that look like angels. Oh, they are very... I really like the bonfires in Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. They are very cool looking. They're very good. And the other kind of main thing that you feel that you get along with Bloodborne is there's... The enemies and the mobs in this are very much 
kind of they're either robots or weird things but everyone's kind of against you and everyone else is just sitting behind the door going please can you help us get some soup from my grave or something like that so Great I think, soup. like big in France yeah, it does have a lot of fairly structural similarities to a from game and to Bloodborne and like Bloodborne, it screamed Bloodborne in certain areas when you're going through like castle areas or the villages and things. It's very cool. Like I, I really, I like the map in this. I like the theming and the kind of general dress sense of Aegis, the protagonist, because she is she in my game anyway. She was absolutely stunning. Okay, so uh, from the Perspective Sorry, that was of somebody bit, yeah. who doesn't dress up like Jean Valjean on the weekend. Um, <laughs> I had to get a lay miss in there. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. so I, I have a few prickle points with yeah. what you've said. Uh, number one, I think you're right. Like, I really like the main character design in this. Very cool looking. Mm-hmm. And they even brought in that kind of dead spacey you can tell when you're about to run out of stamina without yeah, having to look at yep. a stamina bar. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everything else is 100% forgettable. <gasps> um, even the bosses. Like, there's oh, the one bar- or two that mm-hmm. are very cool, but the rest are kind of bland and boring. Yeah, I'm... I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this is on any level akin to what Bloodborne was in terms of boss design or enemy design. There's not a lot of enemies. Combat-wise, you're looking at a lot easier a time. Your main tactic is going to be to figure out to dodge either left or right, and then you dodge either left or right and hit. And that'll get you through 98% of this entire game, both bosses and normal enemies. Yeah. Um, I think... The th- the thing is, it's like a it's like it's not even like an off brand Bloodborne or something. It's just I feel like it's uh, there's just there's a connection there, and it's not great. It's tenuous at best. All right, well let, let's let's pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Um. Uh. On char- like character creation front, I think there's mm-hmm. for wanting to have a singular main character, I think there's enough options there to have fun with it. Um. I went for one that didn't look like she was a prostitute from New Orleans, which was very hard to do. Kind of like how you can't make anybody that isn't hideous in Bloodborne. It's very hard to make one that doesn't look like a courtesan. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. What? So did you go the dancer? Uh, yes, I did. Um, would yeah. you like to explain the three classes? Um, yeah, I'll explain the four classes. No, there's three. <laughs> there's four? There's three. There's, there's four. There's one that doesn't count. What? What doesn't count? The one I forgot. <laughs> right, so you've got a dancer, which is your typical like agility class. So high agility, low health. You're talking about, you know, like her starting weapon is a dual fans, which are beautiful when you sh- your your alternate attack is a shield, which splays these metal fans out. And the rest of the time, like, I think the attack animations aren't the worst things in the world, especially when you get a weapon, like, fans in your hand. I I loved the feeling of that. It's it's kind of, it's a nice weapon. So I was surprised you went the dancer, given the other three classes that are in this. Um, You've got a soldier, which starts off with a big pokey halberd. 
Uh, and this, obviously, you're talking more power and more health. So you, you're kind of more tanking your way through the game. Uh, the alt tack on that is some sort of sweepy, pokey thing that a halberd would do. And that's the easy. Like, I think it's classed as the easiest class to play with. The the dancer is the really? most difficult class. No yeah. way! Yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, apparently with a soldier, if you level up the power and your vigor, just keep leveling up power and vigor, you can tank your way through anything and just hit things to death. I it's, know that. It's quite, it's quite sad. Uh, you've got a bodyguard. Um, and if the, bo- the bodyguard, if I remember right, has grenades and it's based on kind of durability and another class which might be engineering and this is your kind of like tools and traps class so you've got petrification grenades and things to make sure that you can status effect as many things as possible because status effects are pretty banging in this they they are very beefy in this and this is i do keep in mind like it's not that you don't get the petrification grenades on other classes Mm -hmm. yeah um and this comes with uh, the uh, or what class am I talking about? The bodyguard comes yeah. with you're you're petrifying things, you're stunning things, and then you whip out a gigantic hammer that looks like a meat mallet, and you just basically hit things in the head, and they die, which is nice. What happens to most lo- things when you hit them in the head with a meat mallet? Yeah, have I have I named the class that you forgot yet? Nah, no. Okay, so the last one's the alchemist, which is oh. as it sounds. Uh, so you're talking elemental damage and alchemy-related things. So you're on engineering. Uh, the the way you level up, you level up, obviously, your usual health, your vitality and stuff. And then you can level up things like elemental alchemy, which is what you're leveling up with. Each class has something. Your dancer, your level Like a preferred my agility, stat. Yeah. Yeah. My agility was like plus 20. It was, I only leveled up agility until it got to 20 and then started leveling up other things because it it's easy enough that you're not worried too much about health. It's generous enough in how much damage you block when you block. And it's generous... What am I trying to say? It's generous enough with your stamina management. Like, you're not too worried about using too much stamina and then standing like a pleb waiting to get hit. Like you do in Bloodborne. If you run out of stamina, you're like, oh, fuck. Now see, and then you're dead. Unlike some people, I prefer to stand like a pleb and get hit with full <laughs> stamina in Bloodborne. <laughs> um, okay, um, so yes. They're, yeah, they're your classes. And I, I, I genuinely, I think it, that is a real, I really like four classes. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Bloodborne classes. A lot of them, I think there's too many classes and it's quite... Well, I would say in, in Bloodborne, they matter a hell of a lot less than they do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or Bloodborne forces you to play a specific way. This at least gives you a few options. And Dancer is, like, recognised. And if you build it wrong, you can't finish... Well, people say you can't finish the game, but I think you could finish this game if you didn't bother levelling up. Okay, now hold up. Hold up. I know we're not talking about it, but it is the most common point of comparison. Did you just say Bloodborne forces you to play a certain no, way? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't force you to play a certain way. But what it does is it takes away the opportunity to, you know, like sword and boulder or tank. Oh, okay, a gotcha, boss. gotcha. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm talking like core class. I'm not talking about like you've got all those builds in Bloodborne, but you're not building a tank. 
<laughs> what? No, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair enough. That's, um, that's what I mean. I, see, I would argue this kind of falls in that same homogenous problem. While it starts out on uh, very different paths, it kind of blends in the middle. Because you're literally tackling every foe the exact same way. Yeah. You Whether you're a dancer or an alchemist, you're still doing the exact same thing. You find you find a method, and you roll with it, or dodge with it, or or petrify with it. And I see, I um, I decided to you know, okay, oh, well, I'm going to step outside my comfort zone, and I did go dancer, and I uh, I, I didn't block. Like, I got rid of the fans as quick as possible so I could force myself to, you know, not block. And this game made me feel really good about that because there's, there's... Okay, let's talk about some of the problems with combat that I have. Number one, there's a weird pivot point on your character. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like imagine if you as a person had a center of gravity that was by your feet as opposed yeah. to the middle of you. Like, you just pivot weird when you move. Now, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's on purpose, but to me, it felt kind of jank. It feels the same way that Fallout feels weird when you go into third-person mode. That's, that's actually a really good comparison. Like, yeah, yeah, it feels like it almost wasn't designed for third person. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, like, paying attention to it, I, I'm not sure, and this could also be just, just Dave's eyeballs being Dave's eyeballs, I swear a lot of the time it didn't look like your feet were coming in contact with the ground. Yeah, it does have a touch of the jank. But we remember, we've got to be kind. Well, you have to be to... cruel to be kind. Well, we can be cruel in the next game. Oh, oh, oh no. No, 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 no. Next game is a gush fest, sir. Um, okay. Um, the stamina management is, I would say, strict enough to where I enjoy having it as a mechanic, but I never felt hampered by it. Yeah. Like, you almost I, always have stamina to dodge. Sorry. Yeah, you do. And I just I just thought there, because we were talking about this kind of thing, because um, you talked about getting rid of the fans as soon as possible. There are quite a good number of weapons that are the stat-based weapons for damage and things, but you can run about with, you know, like claws, like a oh yeah, mental Valdo claws. the Valdo claws, and the Valdo claws have one of the strongest alternate fi- alternate attacks as well. So the, if you parry perfectly, it doubles your next attack every single time, and it's. It's insanely powerful because you can parry like I can parry in this game. (laughs) Yeah, and also, uh, uh, side note, the Valdo Clause is the first thing to teach you in law school. (laughs) Oh my god. Just just, just then after that, it's the Santa Clause. Then the Valdo Clause. Yeah, yeah. That's why law school is so hard. Um, Yes, you're right. Like, like, um, as opposed to what we're going to talk about next, parrying in this almost feels like a alternate block more than it does like a frame perfect thing like it does sometimes in souls or other games and uh yeah yeah it's super generous i didn't try the baldo claws i probably yeah. should have um but i i rolled with the fans quite a lot of the way through i didn't even block but i thought we were really pretty uh and then oh. ended up 
I had with two swords. There's two like a two different swords. Like I like the idea of being a dual sword wielding French robot with a saber and a like a one of those pointy ones that you poke people in sports with. A, a rapier. Yeah, something like that. An epée, whatever they're called. An epaulette? No, that's something for your epilepsy. Jacket. Your jacket, epilepsy. No, epilepsy is a fruit. Um, uh, okay. epaulets is, is the things you wear on your shoulders if you're in the army like the little fucking hell it, right enough about the army oh god you Americans always have to bring up the army I didn't bring it up Robespierre did okay not me he was all like hi I'm French okay. and about to yep. do the army all right. are you is that a segue are you segueing no that... I don't segue oh, right, okay. that's for professionals um, <laughs> okay. alright so another thing that uh, I think lends itself to feeling janky is how wonky enemy telegraphing is sometimes. Like, um, the sometimes it's really good. Like, for example, you know the little snake things? Mm-hmm. When they rear back to do the flame burst, that's good telegraphing, right? Like, yeah. there's just enough time for you to go, oh, got it, and you dodge out of the way. But there are other attacks that seem like they just come out of startup frames with no telegraphing. And if this game was more uh, finely tuned, that would get really annoying. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. I um, it's not it's not a problem because I was thinking about this when I was playing it. Sometimes I felt the Elden Ring effect, which to me screams of delayed attacks, because I get caught out with delayed attacks in Elden Ring oh, for yeah. the duration of playing Elden Ring. Like I never never got, got used to it. Yep. <laughs> never got used to it. And it feels like this, but it's the op- it doesn't feel like the game has a style of okay, we're, this game is about delayed attacks and these robots need to wind up and compute and but like there's no reason for it. Just sometimes it's animated really well and sometimes it isn't. And that's your, that's your main character attacks are animated very fluidly. Like they oh, look go- very nice. They they're gorgeous. The sparks that come off of things. Yeah, you dodge. You do a different thing. You you move between moves. It's I I don't know what the development was like of this, but it feels like a lot of time and effort went into Aegis, the design of Aegis, the classes, the attacks, the block. Everything is beautiful. And then they went shit. We've got nothing to fight. <laughs> Quick, put two balls and chains on the end of the sky. Have him spin around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time when he spins around, make him spin around twice. Like, um, yeah, uh, the, the enemies, just just to reiterate, there's not a great deal of them. There, A lot of them are fairly bland. You're, I can't think of a standout, like, your, your flamethrower lady is cool. Snakes, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like, like that. that's about it. Um... It does seem like uh, when it comes to Souls-likes, that is a very common pitfall of mm-hmm. uh, just not having a large variety of enemies to fight. Yeah. And I don't know if that could be leveraged against the Souls games proper as well. I, I again, had a thought about that. And what I thought about Bloodborne in particular is there are a lot less enemies. And they're all there for a purpose. You have a mob of zombie-like townspeople that are going to a pyre, you know, to burn the pyre. Yeah. So they're there for a purpose, and there's like 20 of them on that run up there, and they're all the same. But when you get to the bridge, then you've got a big golem dude or whatever the fuck he is, and two people. And it feels like there's a lot less people in Bloodborne, but they're better designed and placed and purposefully. 
If that I, makes yeah, sense. I, I guess, yeah, and you're always engaged to fight them. Whereas in this, mm-hmm. there were a lot of enemies, you're just like, oh, them, and then you dispatch them really quickly because you know exactly how to do that. I, I ran through an entire chapter. I didn't fight anything for one chapter. Oh, um, from when? Oh no! Not, sorry, story spoilers. We can talk about it later. But I, I genuinely, I it wasn't boredom. It was more of a test of footballing and all the things that went with it. You know, like, and I just, I just ran, worked a treat, missed a heap of collectibles and bits and bobs. I had to go back and then retrace my steps. All right, uh, a thing that, and I'm, if you're not familiar with the FromSoft library, I'm sorry. But that's kind of the way we're approaching this is, will this give you any kind of fix if you're done yeah. all those? Um, to be clear, because we never said it at the start, and it's only 20-odd minutes left, We in this run of theming things per month, this is a FromSoft-like, because next next week we've got another Specifically Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah. Likes. Actually, yeah, you're right. You're, although I think next week more falls in line with Dark Souls 2. I think you're ridiculous. What? And quite frankly, should be run out of the country. What? Really? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't see very much Dark Souls too. But well, let's talk. Let's unpack that next week you, when we yeah. play unpacking. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because oh, I'm moving out. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Sorry, so, we lost our way there. Um. So you, we went the road not taken. I thought we were just naming indie that, games that kind of. I've never heard of that, Dave. I'm really oh, sorry. This is, damn it! You're not. It's not working. Okay. All right. Anyway, so uh, something that I think a lot of these do is they will see something that FromSoft has done, and not really grok as to why that works for them, but might not for their game. Uh, another, like a big one is when games like this don't explain their stats. Like, there's very little explanation about stats and what they affect and anything that goes into it. And I don't know if that's because, well, they didn't think of it or, well, that's what From does. I think we we probably found it a lot easier because we've played From games, but someone playing this... Oh, I, I like the French Revolution, and I really, really, really liked Uncharted. So I'm going to try this. Steel Rising is going to have a time and a half of trying to figure out what to level up, what the structure. It it doesn't telegraph a lot very easily. Like as a person who's played FromSoft games, you know that those statues are where you they're your bonfires, and you know this. Yeah. And you, oh, there's a gate there, and there's a lever right behind it. So I'm going to double right the way back around and open up that lever, and it will be you know like you know all these things, but I don't know, and you can maybe explain because I done everything in the wrong order. At some point, were these things explained to people that already know them, or did everyone just sort of figure it out? Oh, what like the common souls knowledge, like the hive mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, when Dark Souls dropped, because Dark, Dark Souls has some of these elements as well, did, was there an explanation? Cause I can't remember. Was there an explanation? Or was it a case of people, where people going, why is this blocked off and there's a lever? That, I can't get to the lever. They're not realising that it's a shortcut. I think, I think a lot of that came from how the world kind of just devoured Dark Souls, like like to the point of looking in the code and and things okay. like that for 
Like, like, and I, I think YouTube was a giant part of that. Like, watching people play on YouTube, watching mm-hmm. uh, lore explain, you know, things like that. So, yeah, there is kind of that hive mind that we all get okay. of, so oh, what so we this need, is their what tricks. We need, we need a spiders uh, still rising hive mind. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> to put it politely, yes. Um, <laughs> to put it not politely, no. It ain't worth it. Um... Okay, so uh, let's, let's stop. I'm going to stop bashing it for a little bit and talk about a few things that I really enjoyed mechanically. Um, I like the moving away from totally interconnected levels if you as a developer can't do it. Like, um, I think that's why Tecmo Koe went that way with Neo. I think that's why they went that way here. There is a, I don't want to say a level select, but there's like a region select yeah. in this. Yeah, and I think that's I, very smart. I, I this the, when I saw that map and thought more along the lines of Neo or something. I, I thought it was going to be a bit more Neo. I thought it was going to be oh, there's a mission there. Then there's a it's not like that. Yeah, it's more just like think many bloodborns with different themings for each region in the city of Paris. So you go to the industrial district and then you get an interconnected industrial district with shortcuts and things and then you move to the high class residential area and there's an interconnected mini like I really I really liked it I really liked the map I liked how it was explained I liked how there was a marker for if there's a person of interest oh oh the compass the compass is a very smart thing in this Honestly, the the com the compass, but I mean, even on that map, when you hover over each area, you oh okay, yeah, it literally says, "Oh, Rob's Pierre is here, and he wants to talk to you." And a main mission is here because I'm obviously like, okay, where are the side missions? I'll do these side missions, and I'll do that. I I hoovered all that up, and it's something to its credit. Uh, not verging on story chat, but if you do the side missions, there is a lot more juicy content and. Other things happen in other missions, like a side mission to figure out what happened to the Queen's son or whoever the hell it was, turns into something else, and then you find out something else, and before you know it, you're stopping a revolution and you're choosing, you know, sides between three different parties and you're manipulating politics. Like, I don't know how much of that you did or didn't do, but it's magical. Um... I did exactly 0%. Oh, like, and this is, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a, there's three separate story threads with three separate side quests for a politician, for a roguelike robber guy. I won't name any names because I can't remember them. And for the scientist man. And the culmination of this is... You know, there's a, there's one where you either need to steal gunpowder or blow it up. And that affects how each of these three people see you. And the more decisions you make along the tree limits who you then put into power after the revolution is over. Like, that's all that all exists in this game. Boy, you couldn't tell from the way my playthrough went. <laughs> Like um, and and I know you didn't. I know you didn't do a lot of the side quests, but I, I genuinely, I, that is where it shone for me. And I said to you, I bought a French Revolution book afterwards. I, I, I wanted to read because all the characters are based on real character, real people. This is like Dynasty Warriors for French people. 
Yeah, it's it's apart from the robots. <laughs> no, no, they were there too. They were there too. Um, I've now, seen Peabody and Sherman. There were no robots. Well, that's what the man wants you to think. Next, you're going to be like, oh, the Earth is round. Wake up, sheeple. The Earth <laughs> is made of robots. Now, I we had that, that conversation after I finished the first time. Because it's generally like, oh, you finished? Mm-hmm. Oh, I finished? You know, that kind of conversation. I went into this the exact same way I go into Souls games. And that is, I am laser focused on I'm getting to the end. I'm getting to the bosses. And for me, that's a good litmus test to if I feel like I missed enough, I'll give her a second run through. Which is why you end up playing the Souls game six, seven times. This didn't have that. So either it just didn't strike my fancy, and being a history dork, I would have thought it would, or they didn't have enough lead-ins. Like, there was never really any interesting hooks to get you to visit the side quests for me. No, probably not. There's... there's what happens to... Oh, is it... Are we, are we storying... We're, well, we're not. We're gonna, or is okay, this general yeah, I'll, I'll conversation? Give a, I'll give. I'll give the the spoil. Okay, so we are probably going to talk about story stuff here. We can't say for sure because that's kind of the nature of a conversation. But um, if you would like to skip all story spoilers, please skip ahead to forty nine minutes twelve seconds. Uh, oh no! Don't make me edit it. Ah. No, no, no! Don't do it at all. Don't do it at all. <laughs> We'll just see where 49 minutes and 12 seconds ends up. Oh, see, seriously, what I'm going to have to do is at 49 minutes and 12 seconds, I'm now going to have to cut me in going, actually, skip to 52 minutes. No, no, <laughs> no, how dare you? How d- Nobody cares about the story of Steel Rising. No, do you know what I'll do, Dave? I'll make it like a choose your own vent- adventure. I'll be like, or turn to 32 minutes, 15 <laughs> And then I'll play the outro at 32 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do that, that, that sounds great. Okay, so, I'm sorry, back to the conversation. You had some story oh, bits? Oh, sorry, right, yeah, sorry. Okay, so, the rant I went on before the spoiler wall was on side questing in this game. There are Obviously, main missions. Your main mission is you have been sent by Mary Antoinette to basically find out what the fuck is going on. Our ex-husband has went fucking mad and unleashed robots upon Paris. Uh, he's a tube. He doesn't deserve to be in power. It's what? It's King... Florgal uh, the Third. Yeah. I could probably ask Kelsey. She might remember. Um... What what is it's, it's Napoleon? Um, I think it's Napoleon. No, 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 <laughs> no. Anyway, um, so you've been you've been tasked by Mary Antoinette, King Louis, King Louis. Well done. Uh, to go, King Louis's gone mad. He's unleashed robots. He's obviously been t- speaking to some dodgy scientists, and he's basically want to quash. The revolution. If you have seen Peabody and Sherman, you'll know at some point Mary Antoinette said, "Let them eat cake," and that was famously misquoted. I think for something else, I can't remember. But anyway, um, so 
revolution's going on. King Louis sent the robots out. The robots are brutal. They are murdering the French soldiers themselves and basically make turn Paris into a big robot-y lockdown mess. It's horrible. Uh, the story continues. You meet f- four different robots. And these robots uh, have glowing bits that Dave mentioned in the mechanic. Are you want me to explain all this just now? Dude, I, I'm just sitting here listening. Okay. So these robots have glowy bits in the middle, which are like their powerhouse. It's the souls. Um, and they're kind of dark. They're kind of dark souls. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not doing that. But, uh, you've got one. You've got a glowy bit. You're powered by a soul. But there are four basic lieutenants of King Louis' things. And it's people that have really kind of pissed them off or rubbed them up the wrong way because these souls are trapped in an eternal torture of wanting to kill and destroy. These are your four main bo- story bosses. Let's see, hold on. There's Seath the Scaleless, Nito, First of the Dead. Um, Who are the other two? Uh, the guy. Oh, the pygmy. Um, the, the, the furtive pygmy. And then there's the uh, Quailag. Uh, that's another one. I think I like this story more than Dave likes this story. I'm not going to lie. Okay. So, no. <laughs> I liked the story. I liked the story. It's... I've got to be honest. I don't I don't really enjoy European history very much. I find a lot of it kind of boring. Especially, especially when you get to this king's and, and that king's. and eh, I, I kind of have a... A thing for uh, Eastern history, like I like China's quite a bit, but um, Kelsey was while, while I was watching because Kelsey really likes European history. She was like, "Oh, hey, that's blah blah blah," and "Oh, that's blah blah blah," and I'm like, hey, blah, 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 "Whatever." Um, here's the thing: I found it boring. Uh, like, like a hundred percent boring. There are some cool little, like, even the way it's told, right? Like some of the flashbacks, like when you flashback and there's a parliament meeting and you're, you're just left going, okay, they're having a parliament meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other guy's like, how dare you, sir? And smacks him with a yeah. glove and walks out. And then think- after that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, on you go, on you go. I'm really sorry. After- on you go. After that scene, you're and you end up just going. And what does that have to do with anything? See, I I get what you're saying, but I I was digging it. So put put yourself in the shoes of someone that's digging it. The oh, flashback yeah. scenes that they no not you. I was talking to the audience. You don't need to put yourself in any shoes. I want to wear your um, shoes, Greg. I just got new shoes. Actually, they are Adidas Pure Boost. 22s and it feels like you're walking on clouds i'm not gonna and we're not sponsored by adidas by the way i don't know if you can not yet <laughs> you can um, tell but these shoes are like walking on clouds i have been walking about all day and my feet have been going thank you daddy now actually no no that sounds a bit weird yeah that does uh now more importantly do they light up when you step on them no 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 then oh. they don't make you run faster craig we all knew this as kids they light up, you run faster. Um, so wait, put yourself I, in the shoes of... Okay, no, answer, ask your question. What size shoe do you wear? Uh, it depends on what I'm buying in trainers. It's about a 12 and a half, just to get a wee bit of extra width and spreading room. 
oh, you don't know what 12 and a half means, do you? God damn it, I just realized that. Okay, hold on. So you're, you can't, wait, you can't be a 12 and a half. Well, unless you're, you're. Oh, that's women's shoe sizes. I was like, what do you have, a 13 foot? Uh, hold on, let's see. Uh, I wear a 12 American. So let's see. A 12 American is, oh, 11.5. Okay. So I'm a size up from you, but I've got fat feet. Like, I've got curly up toes from climbing for years and stuffing my feet into size 6 climbing shoes. Little did you know, this whole time Craig looks like Sloth from Goonies. Oh, you know what? When I look down at my feet, I kind of think of Sloth. (laughs) Or is that just because of the baby Ruths that you keep in your shoes? I have no idea what a baby Ruth is either. Is it a sweetie? That's the, yeah, that's, that's the candy bar they gave Sloth in the Goonies. Oh, I only know of Sloth. I've never seen the Goonies. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, that's that's a it's not a very good movie. <laughs> Is it better than Steel Rising? Ooh. No, because it has Sean Astin in it, and nobody should like Sean Astin. Anyway, uh, back. This We're now at 42 minutes. Someone's going to have fast-forwarded and be like, what the fuck are these people talking about? <laughs> Welcome to Toe Chat. <laughs> I know. Um... Those flashbacks that Dave mentioned about 15 minutes ago before we went off topic, it, each each soul that powers a boss, the actual human is trapped in a sarcophagus, which is pretty cool, in the boss yes, arena. Yes, that is very cool. And to unlock, unlock that sar- sarcophagus, you need to collect all of these memories because those memories are what, what brings those people back to reality. You can't even unlock the box without getting the memories. And the great thing about this game, again, I think it's like a pure Souls move, is all of it's completely optional. You can go through the game and maul all the bosses, apart from the first one, without even collecting these things. But those people are what drives the entire side quest system story that I was talking about earlier, and a lot of kind of like in-depth knowledge. You have a, a... churchy chapelly base and anyone you save or rescue ends up at it and it's great like i think it's great that you can go into one room and speak to the four people that you saved plus the scientist guy plus the army guy and you can start to piece together how the whole story fits because it it's not linear in the slightest and you have to do digging, which is the bit I appreciated from a Souls-like point of view. You have to dig. You have to read. You have to do quests at specific points. If you defeat one boss without um, solving something out at the, Bast- the Bastille, the Bastille, because Bastille? That, you'll have been at the Bastille, but there's actually two side quests that also take place in there that you do before you get there. Um, if you go out there and do what you need to do before a certain point, then something else happens, and that is that is souls as fuck as far as I'm concerned. Because the amount of side quests and story stuff I've missed by killing someone, and I'm, oh shit, I should have <laughs> spoken to them first. Um, it really, it really drove me, and it it does help that I 
I took to the fr- I saw and this sounds rubbish and it sounds waffly, but I saw the barricades and in Paris and I love Les Mis and it actually made me feel reasonably nostalgic and a wee bit fluffy and a wee bit like, ah, oh, you know what, I, I'm digging this. And it just it just went on from there. Yeah, it's 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 the same feeling I get anytime I see Guan Yu. It's like, hey, I know you. That's so cool. Um, and I'm not here to disparage, you know, the the skin that this is made in because this is a very original skin. I really like the skin that this is made in. I, I think. Uh, oh, no, I just on the skin. I think it's the one point that for all the souls like I've played, including Thymesia, it's the one point where it really stands out because you have so many castles and so many dark and dingy things and so many trees and so many dark things and so many this and that. For someone to go, fuck it, let's do the French Revolution. Like, that in itself, I think, deserves merit. Oh, yeah, 100%. My problem comes when I see this skin and wish somebody else did it. Like, you're right. The levels are really cool. And they're empty and sparse like a 1999 PC game. Like, they're there. The build, the architecture is there. But there's very little to fill it out. Yeah, my my problem with... My, my main problem with that in particular is you've got seven areas in the city... And they do a bit of a, correct me if I'm wrong in any terminology gaming-wise here, Dave, please, but they do, they pull a bit of a Metroidvania type thing on you because you can see lots of glowing things and open windows up, up there, but you can't quite get yeah, to them Yeah, until you, you get you, the grappling. You need to come back later. And a lot of the times, if you don't remember to go back later, you're missing stuff. And it's not just a chest. It's a flipping side quest or this. Like. Now, see, I, I think that's where my downfall was because I got the grappling hook and went, ah, fuck you. I'm not going back there. Um, I, I think that was my... Like, there's the thing. Like, I, I, I must sound like I'm terribly down on this game. And I'm not. Like, if somebody was like, hey, did you enjoy Steel Rising? My quick answer would be, yeah, it was okay. Like, it wouldn't be, no, it was bad. But maybe, uh, um, not to be a douche, but I'm kind of like more impressed with the idea of it than actually playing it. Yeah. No, that's not, that's not douchey. That's what I'm saying. Like, like this is hell. No, no. Yeah. This is brave for someone to come out of nowhere and go, I'm going to recreate the entire French revolution inside this game and give it this form. I think it's... Because they didn't go... Like, how many Ninja Souls-like are we seeing past and now on the horizon? And To be fair, they're all from the same developer. <laughs> okay, yeah, they are. You're right. But, um... No, I know what you mean. Like, like there, a lot of them are, let's go uh, gothic medieval mm-hmm. and we will have monsters and that's it. And you have the oddballs, like the surge, that's like, well, we're going to do sci-fi. And you have these guys who are like, we're going to do French Revolution. And then you have things like Evil West, which I hear is a lot of fun. Haven't tried it yet. Mm -hmm. Or Thymesia, which they all seem to have... It's like there's a giant list of, 
all right, what setting hasn't been done? And mm-hmm. that's really the only way the smaller developers can get their game noticed. Yeah. It's I, I see this as a like a door opener for something like, you know, an Egyptian Souls like or something like you know, something like that. That just I, I I like that idea of different differentness. Because I'm fed up searching for a souls like that scratches all the itches and all I get is mortal shell. Which scratches two of the itches, and Steel Rising, which scratches two different itches. Mortal Shell didn't scratch an itch; it kind of took its hand and limply slapped the itch. It's like, eh, eh. <laughs> no, um, it had that boss on the ice skate. Come a, on, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then, so for a little bit, it sort of made made a scratch, and then it went eh again. Um, I I think that while you could look at it very cynically and say oh this is just a gimmick because now this will forever be known as the french revolution game i'm kind of okay with that like i don't have a problem being like oh weird west was that western game and and because let's be fair if you took these exact mechanics transported it into middle medieval gothic it would not have made a splash at all. And I really like the idea of these people are French and they're doing the French thing. That to me is very cool. I wish more places did that. Like I would love to see, you know, something from Spain, something from Italy. Like, like there, there's so many cool things you could do now. Why they went Souls-like? That's a little bit of an odd choice. But this does kind of tick the same things that Assassin's Creed used to for me. I'm like, oh, that's a cool setting. And that was enough for me to check it out. Now okay. I don't care what Assassin's Creed does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I get you. I get you a lot. I, I do get you a lot. I just... I think I, I did care and I liked it. And I... I wasn't fussed by the lack of challenge or difficulty. There was enough good in there. What I eventually played this like was an adventure game that had some combat elements. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. It worked. An absolute treat. Uh, I interrupted you earlier and I wanted to like point out two standout story, spoilery. Oh, sure. Probably the biggest spoilers in the game. Um, for the, the sake of spoiling things. So if you really, really, really get to this point and you're like, I want to at least have one thing to be surprised about, this is it. Uh, switch off. But you come across a boss who is at back where you start, Marie Antoinette. She's off. She's out of Paris. Uh, and she messages. She's like, oh my God, we're being attacked by this gigantic thing. Help. And you get out there and there's this big bear boss, bear robot thing, and just j- he's just hitting the building and hitting the building and hitting the building. You're like, hell, this this thing's just hitting the building. So you walk up and you hit it and it kind of has a temper tantrum and slaps you and it's trying to get back and you eventually end up having to kill it and it doesn't really fight back. And at the time I was like, this boss has glitched. It's the glitchiest thing ever. I'm it's just, a memory I'm leak. Yeah, I'm just, just hitting it. Great, easy kill. You kill it, and it turns out that the soul that was inhibiting it was Marie Antoinette's child son, 
who was just trying to get back to Marie Antoinette. And at that point, I was like, oh, 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 the feels. Yeah, that's, it's not a tearjerker. It's a, this is unethical. As a man of science, he should not (laughs) be doing this. But it made me think there's a great deal to this. And the last thing, and it's the more obvious spoiler, you can guess it if you're paying attention, is Aegis is, in fact, the daughter of the scientist who started this whole thing. And ultimately, what? I didn't know that. Did you not? So, so, So the game ends, if you get a specific ending, you know, like if you pay attention and do side quests and stuff. <laughs> I like that. That was good. <laughs> uh, the last thing you have to do in the entire game, and this is where if you do not, if you think, I want to play this now, that sounds cool. Don't listen to this bit, just stop. The last thing you have to do in the entire game is kill yourself to get the soul of Aegis back into the daughter. And then it ends. What? Yep. So it pulls a near. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, spoiler for near. <laughs> oh, fuck. You did spoil another game just while we're here. Let's spoil everything else. Nathan Drake retires. No! <laughs> I, um, okay. Uh, no, I didn't know that. Uh, uh, for me, the story was very much a, and you stopped the revolution, but watch out for that wily King Louie. Yeah, you know, no, you know you that st- kind of thing. You stop the revolution, but what happens next? That is what all the side stuff answers. Is what happens next? the The threads between the army general who wants to quash the revolution, the Lafayette, the, yep, the rogue Robespierre or whatever his name is, Robespierre, yeah, yep, yep. He's he's a man of the people, and he's probably like ethically who you want in power. But everyone discounts him because he's he's a rob from the rich and give to the poor person. And you've got the a scientist. kind of hood that robs people. Mm-hmm. Um, George Clooney and Ocean's Eleven. So let's go with that. I was going to say Carrie Elwes in Prince of Thieves. Oh, oh, that's yeah, that's that's a good shout as well. Um, the, those those threads really do they really bulk up the majority of why I like this game so much. All right. So talking to you has kind of changed my opinion. Um, From a, yeah, this was a boring game, story-wise, to uh, maybe Souls-like wasn't the best choice to tell this story? I've, I think if they had toned it down a little, if they went down, and I, I don't even know why I'm going to say this, because I, I haven't even finished it yet, but like a, a more Devil May Cry, Easy Ozy Hack and Slash, because you've got the style, and you've got everything there, you kind of just want to maul through people, and being a Souls-like means you... It's not you're, difficult. You're, you're starting to post a lot of checks that you better cast yeah. once you put Souls-like on it. Yeah. I think it just needed... I'd, I'm being 100% genuine. I really, really love this game, but I would describe it as an adventure with some combat and leave it at that because it, for, me, for me it was getting the grappling hook and going back. I ran through every area a few times. I, I did a really? couple side quests, but I, I think they were, like oddly enough, all the inconsequential ones. 
Yeah, I've got to say, a really, really unfortunate mechanical, a mechanical deficiency. I'm talking like it's a Ooh. vitamin. I'm talking like, like, oh, you don't have enough vitamin D, better get outside in the sun. Um, Bloodborne does something beautiful where you can basically bump about between, um, it's not even bonfires, it's lanterns or whatever. Yeah. In this, when you hit a level from the map, you're starting it fresh every single time. Yeah, I think that was a mistake for sure. Absolutely. It's a mistake and a half because sometimes the side quest takes you right the way through the level again. And it's such a shame. And I, I, I went through it, like it's a testament to the story. I went through it to get to the story. There was no point where I thought, I'm not doing this because I can't be bothered. I really, really wanted to see it. Now, see, like, that's that's another lesson that I think people might take wrong is from games equal friction, but they're very careful of what they put the friction on. And this puts friction on the story, which there's really no need to. If you had, or even if they just made sure, okay, everywhere you have to go is kind of near a bonfire... So you can zip in, zip out, and continue the side quest that you want to know the story about. That would have been way less friction than having to complete levels multiple times just to finish a side quest for the story. Because any mechanical reward they offer is honestly not needed in this no. game. Oh, no, no. Like, I've, like I leveled up all my agility and then started leveling up this. It, it doesn't... It really doesn't matter. Some of the weapon, each boss gets you a good weapon, and when I say a good weapon, you look at the alternate fire, and if you think it looks cool, you go with it. Um, you don't, you don't need it. You don't need the points. You don't need the level. You don't really need. Maybe in the first few levels to get used to it, you don't need to level up too much. I started this. Um, you know, you're in Mary Antoinette's office or home, yeah. wherever that is, and Her you punted. Yep, you get punted out into the garden and you hit a bonfire and then immediately after it gives you that tutorial of a drop attack. You jump, you hit, you drop, you stab, you, they die. I farmed that to get a level up because I was nearly getting a level up with my points. And see, after about an hour, I was like, why the fuck did I even bother farming one yeah. enemy? I, it was It was a really weird eye-opening point of the game where it was just like I'm not going to care about how many souls I have on me I'm, I'm just going to go for it on on that note um, I think generally I'm of the opinion that all of these and this is not to be mean but all of these B-tier souls likes have an idea that might be better suited that you know maybe FromSoft integrate you know, kind of like how Valve sometimes will just take a mod and go, oh yeah, that's mm -hmm. a good idea, and put it in the game, or Blizzard does that. Um, the one good idea that I really think uh, FromSoft should take is the soul counter changes color when you can level up. And that yeah. is just simple and brilliant. I really like that. Does um, the soul counter on Dark Souls not go smoky when you can level up? I... No, I don't think so. I'm pretty damn sure it doesn't. Hmm. Uh, Unless I completely missed a trick that, uh, you know. No, you haven't. I I've only played each game once. You've you've not missed anything. You're forgetting my cluelessness, sir. Um. Uh, another thing I would like to uh point out is 
Vestal placement is odd in this. Oh, yeah. Like, sometimes they're literally around the corner from each other, and sometimes it's way too far. Vestals are bonfires. We didn't... Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, we probably should have said that. Vestals are bonfires. Uh Actually, uh, the lady from Darkest Dungeon shows up, and she's all like, BAM! (laughs) Oh, um, sorry, just just to, to piggyback onto Vestals or Bonfires. Vestals or Bonfires that also have shops integrated into them. It's oh, great. yes. Also, it's brilliant. Great. Brilliant. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, like there's some things like that where it's like, oh, you didn't really want difficulty, but then you had difficulty in other areas where it's not needed. Like, it's funky. Granted, this, it, well, I was going to say this is their first shot at this kind of thing, but it's really not. This is like their second shot, third yeah. shot if you count Technoromancer. Um, if you no, yep. If you want to open a can of worms about difficulty, you only need to look at the modifiers and difficulty section of this game, which we haven't spoken about, but allows you to dial up the amount of damage you do, and also dial down the amount of damage you take. And the slider goes from 100% damage to zero. You can literally play the entire game what? without taking damage. That's great! Um, I didn't like it at first when, when I learned about it because I thought, oh. maybe, if, maybe if they said like 50% damage or something, maybe... But by the end of the game, I totally, I totally saw this clicking together because my recommendation would be wholeheartedly play this game, and if you think the story is in any way interesting, exactly, bump that, bump yep. that damage right down and just fucking go to town and people and explore because the city of Paris is great to walk about in. Have you ever been? Uh, no, uh, sorry, yeah, I've been as a kid. But only to Disneyland, so we went through Paris on a bus. Oh, okay. So at least got, you know, a little bit of flavour. Yeah. Oh, oh, actually, God, you've just, you've given me traumatised memories. But when we, we went on holiday a few years ago, and it was the south of France, and I decided to drive back home in a one-hour. So it's 24 hours of driving. Which That's a lot of driving, buddy. It's a lot of driving. And at the co- I might have told you at the time, because it's since I've known you, but... Uh, the co- it was the most comedy timing in the world ever. We were driving. It was about eight hours. We were trying to make the channel tun- the channel tunnel train. Uh, so I had to drive overnight. And Laura just basically was like, "Right, we're here. Where, where's Paris?" And I was like, "It's about ten miles that way. Maybe we might see some lights or something." Within ten seconds, we had went round a bend, and we were in the middle of Paris, like. <laughs> I could have driven into the Eiffel Tower. It was it was so funny. We were pissing ourselves laughing, but also like, how the fuck did we end up in the middle of Paris? <laughs> uh, and it um, was it, it was the middle of the night. It was like two. A wedding had just piled out of a club. There was folk running everywhere. There was it, it was very very all go, which is not what I thought. Never been. I can't say I ever want to. I mean, the only way you could get me to go to Paris, I think, would be if Jean Reno was like, I'll show you Paris. And I'm like, I'm coming with you, buddy. Imagine that. Jean Reno's driving tours of Paris. Ah! I could make a fortune! 
Um, no, yeah, I, I, there's not much in Europe that I'm very curious to see. Like, I'd like to see where my family comes from, but, you know, and I, of course, you know, I want to see Scotland. I hear, I hear the Moors and are great, and Scotland, you know, it's full of people that I know. Literally. Uh, so, yeah, but no, I, I don't have a lot of interest in Paris. As I've got city. to say, by, by return, and this isn't tit for tat, and I'm not taking the piss, but two places in the world, other than North Korea, two places in the world that I don't have <laughs> much inclination to see, and it's no offence whatsoever, is the US and Australia stroke New Zealand. I have got no interest what? in either place. Honestly, I would, I would like, like to go see Australia. I would do it from behind glass because everything would kill me. But yeah. I, 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 I would like to see Australia, yeah. I think Australia for me is a heat thing. And I don't know. Places in the US, yeah, definitely would kill you. Yeah. It's so, I, it's I, so damn hot. I know. Like, I'm saying that, like, those are the stereotypical places. I wouldn't like to go to Mexico. I wouldn't like to. Laura's talking about going to somewhere in... Oh, over your way, but right on the equator. So that might be up by Brazil or something. What, Peru was, or Chile or something like I, that? I got no idea, but she was like, oh, go there. No, because it's like 400 billion degrees. So I'm just saying the stereotypical places people over here might want to go to is the US and Australia, because they're both warm, exotic, different cultures, but both obviously still speak English. Yeah, yeah. Um... For me, like like China is way up there in places I'd want to go see, like way up there. Um, other than that, you know, it's, it's, to, a walking tour of Asia would be really cool until you get to Cambodia and die in a jungle somewhere. But until then, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I, yeah, even the dying bet sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably be some cool insect you've never seen before. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have no real desire to see South America either. Like, it just, I don't do well with heat, so that just sounds miserable. And you might run into a predator. Oh, like, literally, like... Yeah, 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 I mean, that, I mean, I mean, the predator might show up there. He's been there twice before. Um, And that's why you can't go to Europe either, because you might get a hostel, and... Ugh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's not going to end well. You cannot stay at a hostel. As a public service announcement, nobody back pack across Europe. I've seen this documentary of what happens to young backpackers. <laughs> it doesn't end well. Um, anyway, all travel log aside, um, what the hell were we talking about? Um, but yeah, like, like was, once I heard what you said about the difficulty, that was immediately where my brain went. Because you said earlier, what if you just want to experience the story and you don't like mm -hmm. the gameplay of it? Like, there you go. That's a great reason to have something like that in there. Yeah. Um, and, all right, not to toot my own horn, uh, rub my own rhubarb, peel my own carrot, whatever you want to do. Um, there's a trophy for this that I, I went into the game going, I'm going to get you. Uh, and it was to not use the... This game's version of an Estes flask for the entire game. And when I started approaching the game, I was very cautious of like, okay, okay, let's, let's, you know, we have limited healing items because that you have an Estes flask and you have basically life gems. And I ended the game with like 90 life gems 
So if you are, and all of that is to say, if you are a Souls veteran, do not go into this expecting a challenge. It really will not challenge you. And I'm not going to say if I think that's good or bad, because that, that's a personal thing that people are very different on. Like me and Craig, we're completely different on that spectrum. So just a heads up, it's not a very difficult game. Now, we should probably wrap this up before we end up talking for 12 minutes about baguettes. Yeah. Uh, you like baguettes though, right? Yeah, I like baguettes, but I think we should baguette about this bit of the conversation and just move on. You don't have to be so crusty about it. You know you know how it butter me <laughs> up. <laughs> no, but seriously though, what we should do... <laughs> All right. Okay, I, I still win. The loading screen is still up. Now, let's get to final thoughts, Craig, because you're gonna take a while to edit this sucker. Because as bad as get... as oh god, no, I was just say that this counts as Western. This is a Western. Oh, hundred percent. Okay, because what do you think if someone took? the French Revolution and said like okay go and make a Souls like but it was a Yeastern game so you've given me a lot to think about but if I take the breadcrumbs that you dropped there <laughs> in what you thought you still lose uh, I, did. I did I've lost this one <laughs> um okay so final thoughts wise and uh, I'm very sorry for this episode. Me and Craig, you know, haven't talked for a while, so we're having a good time. If you were seriously interested in Steel Rising, here is where we will get super serious about it. <clears throat> game face, Craig. Mm -hmm. This is a game that has a lot of flaws. Uh, it, it, But in its defense, none of those flaws are frustrating. They're kind of benign flaws. But that being said... There's also not a lot to get you excited from my point of view. To me, this is if somebody took a block of tofu and put some really cool decorations on it. That's about it. Like, the moment you actually bite into it, you're like, oh, it's just tofu. But before then, that, that dressing is really cool. Wow. So I would give it seven flaming prinnies out of Oh my god. A cabbage. Out of two tombas. Out of two tombas. That's a good point. <laughs> oh wow. Right. I'm gonna I'll stick with that analogy towards the end, but I I've got to say, like, I have an extra layer of appreciation for this coming like from it from Yeah. Coming from it from an adventure point of view and being interested in the story, there's quite a chunk that it at least doubles, if not triples, the, the gameplay time if you go and engage and hoover up everything. And the thing is, you don't need to do it from a leveling point of view, from a weapons point of view, from any, from from a... Doing any of this doesn't make a boss easier. It doesn't unlock an extra phase or stop anything. It, none of it matters but it drives a really good story. So in the dessert terms, 
uh, or on the food terms, we've got the block of tofu, which I think is kind of right. The block of tofu is there. It's it's a tofu-y type center. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's interesting. It's sustainable and stuff. And you've got that pretty stuff on the outside um, of of whatever whatever you said, sprinkles and Garnish. shit like that. yeah. And and you really want to get you look at the garnish, you think it's great, and you want to get to that tasty tofu because you're a tofu man. You like the French Revolution. You're a tofu man, and what the developer has tried to do is put a thin shell of chocolate over it, which they wanted to give you challenge. They wanted you to be like, shit, how do I break the shell? But in reality, you just need to give it a wee tap, and it's broken. It's a good analogy, Craig. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's that's what it is. I think if they had, if they had made slightly different choices, if they had just not went soulsy, this could have been a fantabulous adventure action adventure game, or if they had went hack and slashy, you know. Devil May Cry. This could have been a great, beautiful, slashy French Revolution hack and slash. Could have been Robot Bayonetta. Yeah, it, it really could have been. If they had implemented any stealth whatsoever, it could have been a great wee adventure stealth game. But, but, they, shh, but they chose a route that I think it was the worst bit of it was the Souls-like and everything else lived up to my expectations and the one thing that I originally thought I wanted from it, I didn't get. I didn't get the soul's likeness, but I got something else which I equally appreciated. Yeah, you know what? The, like, like that's the gameplay is the weakest part. Yeah. And well, I think that's a good way to wrap it up, my friend. Next week, we'll be talking about Thinesia. Bless so, you. Gesundheit. Are you a priest? <laughs> because the- I don't think you should be throwing around blessings like they're, you know, <laughs> water. Um, yeah, so get your Plague Doctor mask. Uh, put some really good smelly stuff in the nose so you don't smell all the corpses. And we'll have a nice fun chat about Thymesia. If you have anything to say on Thymesia or Steel Rising, keep them to yourself. <laughs> and then write them down and send them to us at thebitoffact.com, where you can suggest a game that we take a look at. We promise not every episode is this bad, but this one was. So, give us a little bit of grace. And, I guess we will catch you next time. Um, Craig! Until, un- until then? Yeah. Oh, you know, you until say then, until then. Craig? Sorry, until then. What should the people do? Au revoir. A bientôt. Jumapel Creek. <laughs> <laughs>